clapped. And again, I'm going to assume that everybody claps because Discord cuts that out. Hello there, guys, okay. gals, and non-binary pals. Uh, this is that D&D podcast. I am Zach, he, him pronouns, your recklessly indulgent GM. And uh, with us tonight, we have the the most of the regular crew, plus a very fun pinch hitter that hopefully we'll get to keep for a little while. Uh, I will let them introduce themselves now in Discord order. So me first, because Discord order. Cool. Hi there, I'm Andrew, he, him pronouns as well. I will be reprising my role as Poppet, a puppet who is definitely a good person, probably, maybe not. Hi, I'm David. I'm the special guest. <laughs> uh, he, him pronouns. Uh, I will be playing uh, a character who I haven't finished quite finished a full name yet for, but they their alias is Gaston. Uh, also, he, him pronouns for Gaston. Um, we'll talk more about him later, I guess. Feel free to pause the podcast now if you need to get the Gaston song out of your system. <laughs> I feel like we should include a link in, you know, the episode description. Uh, so description yeah. yeah. We'll be sued by Disney after that. Yeah. Just, just uh, editor's note, just clip in literally the most legally allowed <laughs> amount of that song uh, here. The most legally amount of that song here is zero seconds, I think. Yeah, I'm sure it is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've already done the campaign where the where the the mouse is the the cosmic villain. We might as well just like make it meta, right? <laughs> I guess I can go next. Uh, hi, I'm Adam. He him. I will once again be playing Elamir, slowly converting Zealot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Jonathan. He him, and I will be playing Thick Unterschlung tonight, who uh, is a troll at this point, and also a grandma, and it's weird and confusing and contractually obligated to be good, which means he must be good, because he wouldn't break a contract. Okay. Well, yes, uh, we are very excited uh, to have uh, David along for the ride. Uh, truth be told, we switched to Blades in an attempt to get as many of the old of the our extended crew to drop by as we could, so mission partially accomplished. <laughs> uh in typical us fashion, however, uh, we have several job options and uh, no one is willing to make the call on it. So somebody give me, oh uh, uh, yes, uh, somebody give me a uh, a fortune die roll. Uh, one to two is the first, uh, one to two is one. Okay, we got a three. Okay, that is the Elamir. Oh joy. With the dwarves. So. I've been chosen. Um, so yes, um, Elamir, you, uh, have found, because we spent the last session sort of getting the lay of the land from, uh, oh no, I'm blanking on his name, Bennett, the, mm -hmm. the astronomer that lives in our tower, um, and we decided that we need to start meeting some of the neighbors, Right. The neighbors being the other weirdos on the island that are doing things like what you're trying to do. Yes. So everybody hit hit the streets and used their various social connections and uh, <laughs> less than social connections to try and find some people to 
do this about to to come into contact with to figure out who else is doing this and who else is about and what kind of allies you might have what kind of enemies there might be out there besides you know the giant wolves that you just angered um whose homework we can steal from i think yeah. is like a good yeah, yeah. um so elamir there is on the island uh, at least one other servant of riel uh turns out that the um divorced dad god of vengeance is pretty good at attracting a certain kind of person uh into his service uh those people tend to be not not unambitious uh and uh looking for specific things out of their relationship uh that are very transactional um the one here on the island, at least the one that we're going to be talking about right now, is uh, an individual called Galeb. And uh, he meets you in, a, in an alley somewhere in town. Away from the observatory that he does not have access to, right? And he is dressed. He's, he wants to meet you alone. And when you get there, he is dressed sort of like you'd expect. Long dark cloak, hold, uh, hood pulled up, sort of lurking in the shadows of this alley. Right? Okay. And, and when he sees you, he waves you. He, he, he looks around uh, in the sort of like make sure no one else is here sort of way. And then waves you over. Alright, so I, I got it. I gotta... Our Dark Lord wants you to know that there are... There is a... a another cult acting in the garden that you should... You should introduce yourself to. Um, be warned. Uh, they are not going to immediately be inclined to help you. But we believe that you should be able to win them over. Or, you know. And he makes like a motion that very clearly indicates violence. Um, they too are... Who is this group? These are the followers of a... another god involved in the, 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 the war the old war that's that's disgraced our master um a dwarven god they currently they are attempt about to attempt something very audacious and it would be a it would be wise it would be an opportunity for you to insinuate yourself with them Assuming they don't try to kill you on sight. Look for them in the Dwarven Pantheon at the Garden. Around dusk. You will know you are in the right place when you see the bronze. Pardon the what? The bronze. The bronze. Bronze. Okay. And with that, he, like, attempts to Batman away. Um, but it's mostly just like walking away out of the alley. Um, he's not, 
there's a reason you're the hand and he's just a guy, right? <laughs> uh -huh. Guy has zero dots and prowl. So, um, yeah. Uh, we'll do one more little checkup scene and then we can talk about what the job is. So, uh, smash cut to the garden of the gods. Now, for those following along at home, this is a uh, very large, uh, maybe spatially unmoored, might be bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, um, garden maze filled with statues of deities from this setting. Um, in various states of repair, some tended by caretakers, some not. Some of the hedge maze is pretty gross and weird. Um... But the Dwarven section, the Dwarven Pantheon section, is fairly well kept. Uh, there are a good number of dwarves on the island. They like keeping these... Uh, they, they, they are an observant type of people. The ones that come to the island at least are. Um, and they keep these areas clean and, and well-maintained. But if you get there before dusk. And uh, are immediately struck by there's there's like a dozen statues here, um, in this dwarven garden. There are probably twice that many dwarves, and then some a smattering of other types of people who are either lingering or moving through. And you sort of notice in the in the fading sunlight as the, as it's moving towards sunset. There are a lot of... All these statues are made of some sort of material. Most of them are made of stone, right? Here in the Dwarven section, all these gods are... Their statues are made of stone, but they all have some sort of metal accent on them. And they're all... All of those accents are steel. Maybe one of them has, like, an, a steel axe head. Or, or uh, another one has, like actual like a chainmail cape hanging from the shoulders um they all have these sorts of steel accents right um except one one sort of towards the back of this collection in this well-maintained dwarven pantheon he's not not separated like the the lost elven gods were this one's still right there um but he's kind of pushed to the back and and not super there's, there are a few around him, but not paying close attention to him. And he is standing on his statue, and he is holding uh, ingots of bronze in either hand. Um, there is no steel on this, on this dwarf statue whatsoever. And uh, as the light starts to fade, most of the dwarfs start making their way just out of the garden. As you do. Most people don't try to be in the garden overnight. But uh, there are... There's a group of three dwarves that are setting up camp, almost. They, they pull out, like, some some gas lights and uh, start throwing down bedrolls. And you notice that, like, they have machinery there. Like, little, little uh, metal-worked, tinkered stuff that they are actively working on or using to do things, like the lights, um, and it's all made out of bronze. 
I assume that everyone from the regular party is there currently. I'm imagining Poppet is in someone's, like, backpack or something. <laughs> like, all the way inside? Like, buried. Probably, like, face pressed up against, like, a seam so that Poppet can see out, but... Okay. But otherwise, yeah. And then, um... Gaston. Yes. You have been drawn to this garden. Uh, you were drawn to this island, and then you were drawn here... Uh, to this garden, uh, not mm-hmm. you weren't like opposed to coming here, but it was it was a thing that, like many things in your life, sort of fortune drew you towards, right? And at, I, if sorry, I, I was just to say, if if I may, like my my vice is like quiet contemplative meditation. I could be here already, like just yeah. quietly in the background. Okay, yeah, and like everybody else could show up and like. Uh, be doing their thing, and I can just be like, "Oh, hey, what's going on? Can I help out?" <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like after you, like after the the rest of the conversation or whatever. Okay, okay, cool. I like that. We can do that. We can do that. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the the situation. Then we have three dwarves that are sort of making themselves at home. They've got a fire started with some lamps, and they look like they're about to hold vigil sort of overnight. Um, around this statue with the bronze ingots, and uh, again, Elmir, you were taught, you were, you were told to seek out the bronze, to look for the bronze. And there are, there's an, a plenty of that in evidence. Sorry, I saw. Are we going right into the scene here, or are we going to do a job, or? Well, I think yeah. Well, so why don't we? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm curious what you want to do right now. Um, I guess I should have stated that way. Uh, are you going to like try to make contact with these guys? Are you going to observe them? Are we? We found the bronze. Was that it? We're going to walk away. Like, I mean, I kind of assumed I would approach them in an open manner. Okay. Okay. Cool. So uh, yeah, is. Uh, Thick, you're there as well. I assume yours. Well, I don't know where Poppet is. Whose bag Poppet's in? Um, are you? D- I'm thinking Elamir. Okay, that probably makes more but sense. But we can actually. We don't need to collapse that that waveform yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thick, are you in uh, human form, a like granny form, or ogre form, troll form? I guess. Uh, granny, probably. Okay. Um, this is still sort of public. I don't know. Yeah, we'll stick with that part there. Alright, uh, so, uh, yeah, they're there, uh, around a, a brazier, uh, a, like, semi-mechanical brazier, right, making themselves comfortable, uh, and if you approach, they will greet you. They don't seem to have any sort of trepidation about you being there at all. Their first mistake. Yeah, right? Um... And there's uh, two male dwarves and uh, one female dwarf, uh, and they are—they're all wearing like fairly intricate jewelry of bronze again, and uh, w- pretty well dressed. Uh, these are people who are not like like indigent itinerants. They are—they seem to be doing okay. They—they um, they are actually dressed quite a bit better than your regular pilgrims here. Um, so. 
Are you making contact? Yes. Uh, how do you do that? You just walk up? Uh, yeah, I, I would, like I said, op- walking in an open manner, not trying to like sneak or look like I'm sneaking in. Hail good dwarves, kind of friendly manner. Oh, uh, one of the uh, one of them, uh, a uh, a red haired, uh, red bearded uh, individual who the one who's tending the brazier specifically uh, looks up as you approach. Aha! Look, look who's here. We have we have visitors, everyone. Usually, usually everyone clears out for the night, and we're we're left here by ourselves. Uh, are you? And he looks specifically at you, Elamir, uh, the elf here in the Dwarven Pantheon. Are are you lost there? Do you need help finding your place again? No, actually, this is the the place I I meant to be tonight. They all three sort of exchange glances. Um, and uh, the other, the other dude, the other dwarf guy uh, with—he's got dark hair. He, um, you can feel his gaze moving towards your hip, uh, where your sword is. Uh, the first one uh, speaks up against it. Well, I mean, all are welcome in the garden. Uh, we we don't want no trouble. We got. Uh, don't really have anything to take off us either. You... I think at this point, Poppet is going to jack in the box. Great. <laughs> um, and like, pops out of the bag and is like, Oh, it's so warm. What a nice fire. And oh, you've got all these things. And like, tell me about all your stuff. And just like, acting up the over-curious kid with a million and five questions talking... Uh, 2,000 words per minute and like hops on somebody's lap. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I imagine, well, I'm trying to think of how, how a lap would exist. Um, the idea is like mostly to spike and then relieve tension. Okay, okay. And like get everybody to realize, okay, like it's a doll. It's not actually that scary and it seems very harmless and like curious in the way annoying children are okay yeah um the the uh the dwarf woman has uh been sort of has a small set of like hammers and and tongs and has been uh shaping small pieces of bronze and so like as you hop down papa wouldn't touch one but would like inspect stuff yeah yeah and she's perfectly happy to to show it to you and she says well look at you look at you little one someone did someone make you? What are you? I'm Poppet. And like extends a felt hand without looking. Like just it just goes like up at like a seventy degree angle sort of thing. Okay. Um she uh takes off one of the gloves that she's got on, uh that is like yeah. greasy and, and and covered in various treatment chemicals. And says, Well, it's good to meet you, I guess. Um are do you... That's my friend Elamir, and like the one arm is still in like I'm guessing between like a forefinger yeah, and like, thumb like... for her, and so just like Poppet continually not looking like points at Elamir like that's my friend Elamir, he's really cool and fun and strong and stuff. Ah, okay. Well, he looks after me. Well, it's good to have someone to look after us, I guess. Uh, are you? 
are you interested in uh, learning about uh, Aphiral? And she sort of motions with her head to the statue that's behind her, the one holding the ingots. Yeah. Uh, we are we are here uh, contemplating the next step in his his resurgence in the Pantheon. I'm going to let, like, Elamir answer stuff because this sounds like boring adult things and not cool <laughs> metal work. Actually, we uh, are here for that. Uh, not not to take any of your things, uh, just to learn more about what you're doing. We, uh, My god, uh, and I will acknowledge the, to the, the dwarf that was looking at the sword on my hip. I'm assuming it has some sort of iconography that symbols for my god uh you're flashing the sword at him okay um i think just acknowledging it like yeah. saying like yeah my this is my god you are you got me okay um yeah uh when you sort of motion you 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 draw attention to the sword uh the one in uh the one with the dark hair the men the men, dwarven man with the dark hair uh he'll step forward he's got like a like a little bronze working hammer in one hand, but he's like clearly uh he he holds it like he's ready to use it, whether that's ridiculous or not. He says Oh, we know about that. We know we know what that is. That 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 blade's been covered in dwarf blood. You may not have a place here. I assure you that that is not my intention tonight. I come because I have a more I guess peaceful task in mind uh, we, we we aim to do a similar task that you're doing right now with uh sorry what did you say uh, this uh, a fine statue's name Aethereal Aethereal yes um, we just wanted to learn more about what you're doing here to as you say restore him to the pantheon out of character, is telling people that we want to have this baby god-conceived a thing that we are keeping very under wraps? Or can Poppet be like, it's not for really, it's for a child, a new god. And try to appeal to them that way. I assume as long as we were you know, thinking of cooperating that it wasn't like a clandestine super secret cool. thing. But yeah, I wasn't gonna like put up billboards. <laughs> yeah, other cults can know that. But that seems like a good way of like we're not here to like, yeah, juice up the elven vengeance god. Yeah. Um. So the one that uh the one that's been working the the red haired one that's been working the the brazier well, st- stands up and uh comes over and sort of puts his hand on the shoulder of the one who was previously threatening. Says, Calm yourself. Calm yourself, Hostra. They're, they are... They have not been threatening to us so far. Let's... Let us hear them out. If they want to hear of Aphiral, there's the... That is spreading the word of... Of, of his works. And... And... Should help, yes? And the... The Hostra, the darker one, uh, sort of... Eases a bit. And... Uh, Fine. Tell them. Talk to them. I have work to do. And he sort of turns around and he is working on a pretty broad, like, chunk of bronze. Like a, a broad ribbon of bronze. 
Um, and Olaf will turn to the three of you, well, the two of you that are not Poppet, because I don't know if he knows how to address Poppet, honestly. <laughs> and I'll say, we're here working on a a project uh, to remind remind our 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 fellow dwarves of the importance that Aphir once played in their lives. Uh, if you... The next step is uh, a bit of a doozy. Uh, if you... We would be willing to trade knowledge in return for service. And the... Uh, the <laughs> Woman who's uh, been working down there with next to Poppet, uh, working the, the 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 intricate stuff, uh, sort of perks up her like her eyebrows sort of crease upwards, and she looks at Olaf, and then she the one that's speaking, and then she looks at you, and she says, "Oh, we're recruiting elves now. That's a thing, huh? We're recruiting elves. They're gonna help us. Lots of help elves have been." And Olaf's like, please, Svenna, we've talked about this. We're here by ourselves. We need all the help we can get. Poppet probably has some aphorism that's like, might actually be near and dear to David of the like, the like fortune intervenes when there's no other way. And, and then uh, Gaston wanders into screen, on the screen from the yeah. left. Yeah. So yeah, uh, David, is this a good time to introduce Gaston? Sure. So there, there's this th three weirdos having a conversation with three dwarves. Yeah. Sun's going down. You've been in the garden since the it, afternoon, maybe? I don't know. Some amount of time. Uh, I I guess it's is it a zero is it a, a zero stress flashback to be here <laughs> before. <laughs> before the dwarves showed up absolutely yes so so i have like i have i don't know if there's any insight i would have to like what they were talking about before the others showed up but okay maybe yeah maybe you are maybe you already had a conversation with them maybe you've already been through and well no like even if they didn't even know i was here like what if they i just i'm saying i guess if they don't have any ulterior motive other than what they're like communicating, I could maybe step out and say like, you know, try to, to in order to try and calm things down a little bit, you know, being like, no, that's, you know, there's nothing to be worried about here. Napping on top of a hedge like Gaston. Yeah, yeah. Now, now if now if they do have something that they're like hiding, you know, they're talking about, then maybe maybe I do have to take some stress or something for that flashback. But like then I can also. I could also warn the party before something went down. I don't know. Okay. Either way. <laughs> okay. Um, well, so we don't have... Yeah. No one here has any sense that these are like uh, ill-intentioned actors. These mm. people seem pretty straight up. Um, sure. So, yeah. Uh, if you... Yeah, you can... Uh, You've been here. Are, do you just like emerge from behind the statue, or? Sure. Like I like you know I I wander in because it's it's nighttime now. So you know I walk into the firelight. You know. Okay. Um, you know with like with my hands like. Not my hands up, but like 
you know, spread yeah, out yeah, yeah. to show that I'm not, you know, armed, not armed or anything. I'd just be like, hey, let's let's all take a step back here. I think we're all we're all we are all friendly here. Everyone's been perfectly honest with each other so far. Uh. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm just a neutral party here, and it seems like uh, tensions are a little high here. For, I mean, and I like nod at the the dwarf who's the, like the most twitchy, not at the elf. And he's like, you know, I, I understand why you all might be feeling a little on edge right now, but can't we all just trust trust folks here to be neighborly? In, indeed, indeed. The, uh, we all know that there's, there is no violence in the garden. We all know this. Yes, yes. We are, everyone is fine. We are simply... Fellow pilgrims, yes, um, uh, and uh, the the dark-haired dwarf uh, Hostra is like very obviously like unhappy that all of these tall people keep wandering in and like interrupting their work, and Svina on the ground looks like, well, yes, no, Poppet's not tall, but like Poppet. Well, I mean, when Poppet's head is sticking out of the backpack, Hop Poppet is tall, right? Uh, and then uh, Zvena on the ground working the thing is sort of amused at this whole situation. She just keeps working. And Olaf will turn and, and speak directly to Gaston at this point. It says, So, hail, traveler. Welcome to the gar Dwarfen Garden. Are you... Are you lost? Oh no! I I came here uh, earlier this afternoon. It was uh seemed like a lovely place to meditate and contemplate the world. Sorry, I, I you I I was here when you all were setting up and starting work, but I didn't want to interrupt. It seemed like you had important things to do. It wasn't as though you were asking for everyone to leave the area or anything. So. Ah, oh, okay then. Um, well, uh, perhaps we should all... Here. Please, sit. And he starts pulling out, like, bedrolls and, like, uh, putting them next to, like, benches that are already there and repositioning the brazier and says, Please, sit. We'll share a meal. I will explain what is ha what we are what we are doing here, since... All of you seem to have completely legitimate reasons for being in the garden after dark. Poppet clambers up um, and reaches into like they have like a like a tiny ornamental like um, messenger bag type okay. bag. Uh, reaches into it and pulls out an entire casserole that Granny had previously baked. <laughs> <laughs> like with no like lid or anything like that, it was just like sitting in no, the bag it's just a... perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also, the casserole is, like, bigger than Poppet. Great. Great. Steaming. The the dwarves start pulling out their own food and are suitably impressed by the casserole. I don't know if they find it appetizing, but they definitely find, like, the idea that it got here intact pretty impressive. The top is still molten cheese. They find it appetizing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's impossible not to. Uh... And then, um, yes, Olaf, who seems to be the one that is the most out the most outgoing of the dwarves, uh, will sort of wave everyone into chairs and uh, begin spinning a little bit of a tale about dwarven history and theology, which I will cliff's notes here. Um, 
the the metal the steel well so it used back in the day Aferal, this uh bronze working god was very important uh and then iron happened right um and so now the dwarves use bronze to do jewelry and like metal work and things like that but they they no longer that is uh severely diminished the importance of Aferal in the uh in the uh, pantheon, uh, these dwarves are hoping to change that, and the they've they've done some work, they've done some homework on it, and some legwork previously, but now they moved on to a stage in the plan that's a little bit more involved. And the way he explains it is that uh, all of those uh, steel ornamentations uh, on the various dwarven statues. Um, they are not, they are naturally occurring, I guess, for lack of a better word, they're spontaneously occurring. They grow out of the statues or materialize on the statues. Nobody's quite sure. It happens when nobody's looking, essentially. And, uh, once a year, the dwarves, there are, there's, are, there's a set of dwarven clerics that come in and they essentially harvest all of it. They take all of those parts off of the statues and they put them on a boat and they take them back to the dwarven, the remaining dwarven kingdoms and they are holy relics. They are sometimes melted down to do things. But the really important thing to remember here is they're all like iron and steel. Um, their plan is to replace all of those things in the middle of the night before they are retrieved with bronze. That would involve moving a huge, a fairly large, I guess, quantity of iron or st iron and steel out and bronze in. They said they uh, Olaf claims. Oh yes, we can we can work the bronze here quickly and efficiently. We should be able to get it done overnight. But we need the materials, and they do not. It, it is very difficult to get such things into and out of. The gardens. Um, for obvious reasons, they don't let you take pieces of statues away under normal circumstances. So, we would like your assistance in at least figuring out how we're going to do this. And doing that in the next few days, because this is supposed to happen, like, next week. If you can help us with this... We will share with you what we know now and if you have future questions about the nature of this place and how it works. Deal? I certainly think we can help you with that. Excellent! That D&D podcast is released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share with friends, but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work. Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at thatdndpodcast. Intro music is Dark Matter by M33 Project and is available on the Free Music Archive. M33 Project can also be found on YouTube and Instagram. Outro music is Betrayed by Scott Holmes Music. This and other works by Scott Holmes Music can be found on the Free Music Archive, SoundCloud, or scottholmesmusic.com. 
The Palladium Fantasy RPG, written by Kevin Ciambietta, is owned and published by Palladium Books. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder. Mm-hmm.